Hey, true believers, do you love politics? Do you love comic books? Well, superhero politics is for you. Combines the comical nature of politics and the political nature of comic books. Join us, like, share, and experience the world of comics and politics in a way that you never have before. Superhero politics. And I'm your host, Michael Holmes. And this is it. Season finale of season one of Superhero Politics is here. And we got a lot to cover today. And um, it's a lot going on. And so, you know, this is not one of those uh, themed episodes where generally you guys know by now that I uh, pick a uh, either a policy or something that happened in society or a comic book. And I build the episode around that. Um, so we're not really going to do that today. This is kind of a wrap up uh, episode, kind of a thank you episode, a shout out episode, a um, kind of get it all out, tie up all the loose ends. You know, I'm not really, you know, the, the, the end of an arc issue uh, episode today. So I'm not uh, a cliffhanger kind of a guy. So I'll, uh, you know, make a clean uh, into this season and uh, come back next season with brand new content, brand new um, collaborations, brand new everything, intros, brand new music that's coming. Uh, I'm actually working on some music right now for uh, next next season. Um, it's going to be pretty pretty lit uh, if if we're still saying lit. But um, guys, I just really want to be. Uh, just say that how thankful I am about the support. Um, when I started doing this podcast, I had really no intentions of it becoming what it's become. I mean, the number of downloads, the emails and everything that I get from you guys um, asking questions about it, you know, saying, oh, wow, man, it's pretty unique and, and stuff like that. And how you guys have shared and, and uh, you know, spread this thing out. I've really can't uh, say enough I'm kind of humbled by it I can't believe that this is uh, people want to listen to me talk about how politics and comic books connect so um, you know just because you find something interesting doesn't mean everybody else will so um, the fact that it has caught on a little bit is you know pretty amazing to me you know I really do love what I do in the political realm and you know I love comic books i mean it's a you know area for that we can imagine the future and imagine you know worlds that it, that we hope to exist and um see ourselves reflected in in the fantastic so um just you know i'm really thankful and, and you guys you probably get tired of hearing me saying that throughout this episode but i really am thankful but just uh in in the way of uh what we're going to be covering today um I normally open up on one of my theme shows with, um, you know, the basis of a story. But right now, life is a little bit challenging. And there's a lot of great content out there and a lot of great things going on. But the world is struggling. I mean, it's a real struggle out there. And. Um, as I'm recording this, America has just had 
its 149th mass shooting of this year. We're halfway through April and we have more mass shootings than the rest of the world combined by at least three 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 times and not only that but we've seen more and more instances of police brutality against people of color more instances of Asian hate um, it's it's just been a very tough few months and I know we were all optimistic at the start of 21 because 2020 was such a trash year and we looked at the fact that the pandemic you know we're, we're we have a coherent plan for the pandemic and people are getting vaccinated and we thought wow man we're gonna we're gonna emerge in the summer of 2021 and we're gonna get back to normal and unfortunately that's true we have gotten back to normal we have gotten back to regular business of police killings and mass shootings school shootings kids haven't even really been back in school that long officially and we're seeing school shootings and I just don't know if we have the collective will as a country to do anything about it you know you got a, little, a young man 20 year old father um, in Minnesota named Dante Wright who was killed by a police officer and she said that she reached for her taser and mistakenly pulled out her, her sidearm she shot the young man who they stopped for a traffic violation expired tags now most of you realize that the pandemic has caused backlogs in almost everything that we do every facet of our lives we are waiting because of what the pandemic has done to service, especially in, in government. I work in government. I know that. I know that things are slower because we've had to make adjustments for public safety. And the police knew that. They knew that when they pulled over this, this young man. And that was the decision point. That was that inflection point where they could have said, you know what? Let's 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 cool this down, and and if there really really is something wrong, then we know where he lives. But I think there was something about him having a gun charge or something like that, and so they decided to arrest him, and he ended up dead at a traffic stop. How many? times are we going to see this before it becomes exhausting 13 year old boy in Chicago had a gun was running put the gun down surrendered came out shot in the chest twice and died now listen to what I said he put the gun down they found the gun on the other side of the fence. 
He didn't have the gun in his hand. He may have been running with the gun, but he had the gun in his hand. Now, all this is happening on the backdrop of the Derek Chauvin trial. And notice I didn't say the George Floyd trial because George Floyd is dead. He is not on trial, even though the even though the defense tried to put his character on on trial. He is not on trial. He's dead. Derek Chauvin, the man who killed him, is on trial. But you wouldn't know that by listening to the media. You wouldn't know that by how the media has portrayed this. And they did the same thing to Dante Wright. They did the same thing to Adam Toledo. Black victims are excoriated in the media. Meanwhile, in Colorado, white shooter kills 10 people. We're commiserating about how he ended up at this point. White shooter in Atlanta goes into Asian massage parlors, kills eight people. They said, oh, he's just a kid who had a bad day. former NFL football player who may or not have not been suffering from CTE or some other uh, mental impairment kills a family of five. There's no discussion of his mental impairment or possible mental impairment. Black dude kills family of five. The way gun violence in this country is portrayed depends on the lens that you look at it through and you know I'm I'm encouraged but I'm tempering my expectations because you know President Joe Biden and his administration are taking some action on guns they're trying I mean I, I know my voice sounds I'm not doesn't sound enthusiastic because it can't be because we can have you know 85 incidents of mass shootings a day in this country and we can have 45,000 gun deaths a year and we won't change a thing As a matter of fact the conservative response is, well, we need everybody to have guns. Let's get more guns on the street. That's the that's the answer to it. Let's get more guns on the street. Meanwhile, they find two documented cases of voter fraud, and we've got 250 cases, 250 bills limiting access to the voting rolls around the country. We live in a country that is more afraid of ballots than bullets. We live in a country where our politicians and our leaders are more afraid of who has access to the voting booth than they do to the shooting range. Where you are more likely to be asked for three forms of ID to cast a vote 
than you are to be asked for any ID to get a weapon of mass destruction. That's what America is right now. You know, I, and I work with a lot of expats. I work with a lot of you know people from other countries, and they just can't believe what, what, what we're doing here. They can't believe it. But yet here we are, back to normal. Back to normal. Just we're we're business as usual in this country. And that's the sad part about it. You know, COVID was a reset. You know, kind of like, you know, DC rebooted, you know, their universe. They rebooted and they called it rebirth. You know, it's, it was a reset. Time to reimagine. But we didn't. We emerged go right back to the way that we were prior not valuing life in this country now this episode was not meant to be about a philosophical debate on guns we'll have that one next season I promise but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that because this is the state of our country Because it intersects everything. It intersects how we view crime, how we view race, how we view violence, how we view policy, how we view special interest power. All of it can be encompassed in these incidents. Because people will say, police shouldn't be afraid to do their jobs and if they think they're going to be prosecuted for everything then they'll be afraid to do their job and crime will run rampant and I'll be like is that right because these incidents keep happening in Minnesota Philando Castile in Minnesota where he was shot and killed while complying with the law by a police officer. George Floyd was mer- was murdered in Minnesota by a police officer. Dante Wright was killed in Minnesota. And you'll all say, what was the commonality in those those things? Black victim, white police officer. But what if you flip that? I want you guys to look up Muhammad Moore, Noor, I'm sorry, N O R, Noor. In Minnesota, Somali American police officer responded to a high pressure situation in an alley, couldn't see, out pops a figure. Draws his, he draws his service weapon and he fires. Turns out it was an unarmed white woman. Australian white woman. Officer Nor was arrested 
placed on $400,000 bond. Immediately stripped of the protection of the police officer of the police office. And ultimately sentenced to 12 years in prison. There's precedent for holding police officers accountable. Now, the question will be is will you apply that precedent when the officer is white? In Louisiana, two off-duty police officers working security asked a man in a car to move to move along. He was blocking the highway. They asked him to move. He rams them, tries to ram them with their car, with his car. They fire into the car. They had a five-year-old autistic boy. He dies. Both of those officers went to jail. Now, nothing, nothing said about the fact that they feared for their lives. Apply the standard the same way. There's precedent. You can't say that you support something if you allow it to be bad. In Virginia, lieutenant in the military pulled over at a gas station in a traffic stop. He knows the climate. He just wanted to get somewhere safe. Lit area. Pulled over. Hands out the window. Police came out on 10. He just wanted to know why he was being pulled over. Somewhere during the exchange, the police realized that they were in the wrong. They realized it. And so what did they do? They threatened him. They threatened him in his service to our country. Now you can't have it both ways. You can't say I support the military and then you let this this uh, soldier get treated this way. But that's exactly what happened. People said, oh, he should have complied. He should have complied. He should have complied. Because the soldier was a person of color. The officers were white. Apply the standard the same way. Apply the standard the same way. So when we're marching in the streets saying it's time to hold these officers accountable, you can't say, well, we gotta follow the, the, the rule of law and if and if the, the law says that these people uh, are acquitted, then you guys gotta you guys gotta start marching. You guys gotta stop, you know, uh, demonstrating. We will when the when the standard is applied the same way, because we see precedent. You don't have a problem locking up cops. It just seems like you have a problem holding cops of that are not of color to account. Because you, you, we've seen the fact that you hold uh, officers of color to account in Baltimore. We've seen it. Apply the standard the same way. So that's just kind of 
you know, the things right now that uh, that have really got really get me. Um, it's really getting me, you know, you know, emotional, guys. Is it's it's something that we have to really, you know, take into account that these things should not be considered by the who. It should be considered with the what. What happened here? Was it right? Was it wrong? And then whoever is responsible should be held to account in the same fashion as anyone would. Apply the standard the same way. I just hope that we as a country can get to the point to where we shouldn't see these incidents through a racial lens. That's what I hope for. That's not where we are. All right, that's, you know, that's, that's the, you know, depressing side of it, of what's happening in our country. And, you know, I just want you guys to take a moment to get to know your neighbors. You know, understand what they're going through. Understand the pressure that people of color in this country are under every day. You know, I'm an elected official. I'm an ex- I'm a corporate executive. You know, I don't have a criminal record anywhere. I have a clean, perfect driving record. And when the police pull up behind me, man, my butt cheeks get tight. And I get afraid. And I have some level of protection. So think about those people who don't have it. Think about those people who are in lower income neighborhoods. Think about those people who don't know the police chief and don't have the police chief on speed dial. Think about those people who don't enjoy the protections that some other people do enjoy. And I don't take that for granted. And this is why laws are important. This is why police reform is important. Is that it shouldn't matter if you hold an elected seat. You should get the same treatment by our justice system as a senator, a congressman, a councilman, a mayor, a governor, a president. Equal protection under the law. Apply the standard the same way for everybody. All right, guys, we're going to move on to our next subject. And we're going to talk about some of this hot content that is out here right now in the superhero world. And, you know, I was watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. before the recording session today it started slow guys i'm not gonna lie i was not like i was like man is this gonna be you know marvel's this is gonna be a dud for marvel like you know as as much of a dud as it can be it was still pretty good i mean it was still still 
good content. But man, they really, really leaned into um, addressing some very tough issues. Issues of race, of of uh, of patriotism, of you know, uh, you know how our government has, you know, been so subversive around the world, and you know, uh, it they really got into it, and, and how you know African Americans and and people of color have been treated by the government over the decades, like it has. It got everywhere. And, you know, you got this toxic world of comics out here, like just toxic, just like, you know, everywhere. The comment sections of, you know, YouTube and Facebook and everything. It's just like a cesspool, but it's got a you can learn a lot from there. Don't spend too much time, but you can learn a lot there. And, you know, there was an article out that said, you know, 400,000 people turned off the Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the same time. And it was when um, Sam and Bucky were leaving Isaiah Bradley's house. And this was awesome because I'm so glad to see uh, black Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, black super soldier, Isaiah Bradley, getting some play, getting some recognition uh, in the Marvel Universe. So um, they were leaving his house and, you know, Bucky was explaining to Sam, like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that there's a black super soldier out there and nobody knew about it and comes to find out that the power broker, the person who was distributing the super soldier serum to the Flag Smashers, extracted it from Isaiah Bradley's blood and recreated it from Isaiah Bradley's blood. And there was a really great scene I think it was in episode 4 where uh, Mr. Bradley Isaiah Bradley is talking about you know some of the other things that's happened the the Tuskegee experiments the red tails and he was talking about some of the black history um, of uh, black people in the military and he was talking about how the government um, you know sacrificed a, a group of black soldiers that they had injected with prototype serum and sent them out and so they were dying off and, and everything because of the, the, the effect of the serum on the body and they couldn't understand why um, he was still alive and so they were like okay so we can recreate this with him and they were experimenting on him and cutting him up and taking pieces of his flesh and he was showing Sam the scars that he bore for fighting for this country and then they look at how John Walker who was the new Captain America was competing out there and like he looked at it and he saw you know he had been beaten up by the Flag Smashers he had his ass whooped by the Dora Milaje um, and so he had the serum and he was like should I take it should I take it and he asked his best friend who ultimately ended up getting killed by one of the super soldiers and he ends up taking it but the pivotal point in there was when he said to him 
you know, he was asked, would he take it? And he said, you know, the, the serum only makes you more of what you are. And so it ends up, John Walker ends up killing uh, one of the Flag Smashers and he's stripped of everything. He's, he's decommissioned. He's, you know, stripped of being Captain America. He has no financial support. And he's all alone. And for something, I looked at this and I thought, Jesus, is this the first time it seems that America has been held account for atrocities committed in the name of patriotism? And I thought, man, that's, that's a pretty bold statement that Marvel is making there. And then it kind of flashed back to Bradley saying that America will never see a black man as Captain America. And it just has this dichotomy of flawed pseudo-patriotism versus real exercised patriotism that is disrespected. John Walker was held up. He was held up as, you know, the next Captain America, blah, blah, blah. And Sam Wilson, who had been an Avenger, couldn't even get a loan at a bank. Couldn't even get a loan to save his business. In the end, the community comes together and, um, you know, it's, you know, a pseudo happy ending uh, for Sam and Bucky. But uh, there's going to be more to come. But. You know, that's the Falcon and Winter Soldier. You've got Invincible out there. You know, Loki is coming. Um, I watched the Snyder Cut, the four-hour Snyder Cut of uh, Justice League, and, man, it was epic. It was, it was epic. It was just a complete departure from where Joss Whedon left that franchise. And to be honest with you, if I ever run into Joss Whedon on the street, the only thing that might save him from catching these hands is the fact that he wrote Buffy and Angel and Firefly. That might be the only thing. No, 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 no. Joss Whedon going to have to catch these hands. Like he's he's he really needs because that was just you know a decimated decimated one of the great franchises. One of the, what could have been one of the great franchises. In comic book history, and one of the great titles in comic book histories in, in Justice League, but I'm gonna have to give it to Zack Snyder. He put together an epic vision of the Justice League. There was, you know, individual backstories. Cyborg was much more flat, fleshed out. You know, Flash, the origin of the Flash, um, was you know much more pronounced. You know. You know, Superman coming back. We saw the black suit. You know, um, you know, Dark Side was prominent, and so it was what it should have been. Now, obviously, you know, being a four-hour movie, there were some some lapses and things that probably could have been edited out to make to make it a little more smooth. But you know, overall, I think it restored the faith that a lot of people um, had lost. In the DC franchises. Now, what do you do next? Suicide Squad is coming back and it's going to be R rated this time. Not the PG 13. You know, some of the trailers have come out and it's gritty and, it's, and there's, there's 
language and there's all kinds of things. So, um, so Justice League in Suicide Squad is going to have a chance. You know, Wonder Woman 84, I haven't had a chance to watch it. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it because, you know, the reviews were so bad. And, you know, the Wonder Woman was, was supposed to be the saving grace for, the, for um, DC because Harley Quinn movie, The Birds of Prey, you know, didn't do that well. And, you know, Aquaman was was a box office success, but wasn't that, wasn't super. Shazam, successful at the box office, hmm. but coming soon, 2022, is Black Adam. And so there's a lot of buzz out there that, um, you know, Black Adam is going to be this kind of fulcrum point. Um, and what's going to come back is you're going to see Superman in this movie. You're going to see other heroes in this movie. You're going to see crossovers. We know that it's confirmed that you're going to see Supergirl in the Flash movie. It was announced today that um, they've picked the Green Lantern. And, you know, that's exciting news. And the new Green Lantern is Wayne Carr. You know, I thought it was going to be Trevante Rhodes, but... Um, apparently that wasn't the case. I mean, Trevante Rose is a great actor, and I'm, I don't know a lot about Wayne Carr, but I'm sure he'll be great. Um, and he'll play John Stewart. And um, you know, you know, he we have the great Harry Lennox, who was Martian Manhunter in the Snyder Cut, and um, the rumors were that when he was doing the reshoots of of um, Justice League that he wanted that the end scene it's been long enough now guys so I'm not worried about spoilers for you um, John Stewart Green Lantern um, to show up with Martian Manhunter to see Bruce at the end of the um, battle after they've defeated Steppenwolf and Darkseid but uh, the studio Warner Brothers only wanted one and so that since they had already had uh, Harry Lennox appear as Martian Manhunter um, in the scene with um, with Lois uh, earlier in the film, they didn't bring in um, they didn't bring in uh, John Stewart. So um, so you know we have a new Green Lantern, and I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, Wayne Carr. Um, is a new Green Lantern, and I think that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, those are just some of the content that's that's uh, you know coming up here uh, in the 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 new area, a new era. Um, yeah, so they're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, even on TV, they have the uh, Lois and Superman and Lois. Uh, I always want to say Lois first because I think of Lois and Clark, um, the Terry Hatcher, Dean Kane, but they have. Um, um, Lois, Superman and Lois out. They have, you know, the final season of Black Lightning is going on. They have, um, they're even doing a live action <laughs> Powerpuff Girls. I never thought I'd see that. But it's a lot of stuff um, out there now. It's a lot of content and it does my heart like super good. Um, because, you know, as a, as a, as a blurred black nerd uh, growing up, um, you know, didn't think it was going to be this way, but I'm pretty happy that it is. Um, 
but those is just some some content that if on on TV that you guys can watch. But if you you know want to get into the books and you want to get into some reading, um, so here are my recommendations for um, some really great uh, books to get into. Um, you know, number one for me uh, is Venom, King in Black. Um, they just wrapped it up. I'm not going to tell you what what happened, but there's a, a bunch of tie-ins. Um, Thor. Um, we've got Silver Surfer, we've got Namor, obviously Spider-Man, uh, Avengers, X-Men, um, a lot of different tie-ins that you can read. So, you know, um, you know, being the symbiont king, symbiont god, you know, it infects everywhere. So, uh, Venom, King in Black, you've got Batman, the detective, number one, uh, you got X-Men, Children of the Atom, Sensational Wonder Woman, and if you want to go back a little bit, um, you know, I always recommend the Black Panther run by Ta-Nehisi Coates, A Nation Under Our Feet. It's a great, great, um, great, great read. And so I would say um, pick those up if you want to read. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, guys, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I've talked about what's on TV. I've talked about, you know, some of the things that I'm reading. Um, but to kind of close out this episode... Uh, I want to talk to you guys about uh, some of the podcasts that I'm listening to and um, podcasts that I've been on. So, you know, I told you that this thing is is has been a little bit uh, more than I expected when I started out. And recently I was pretty fortunate to be on a podcast with some other great comic um, readers. And I did my first guest spot and it was on the uh, SJW Social Justice Warriors Comic Book Club, and uh, Veronica and Melissa and Monte are great hosts. Um, give them a listen, and they talk about comics in a you know in a similar fashion. Um, but you know it's not all surrounding politics. It's more um, you know it's it's more you know specialized themes. So you know they talk about. You know LGBTQ representation and couples in the books. They talk about you know mental health. They talk about a bunch of things. And um, I was fortunate to be on talking about the Hulk and uh, some aspects of mental health. And you know it was around a two-episode arc called "Always on My Mind," and it's a really great conversation. And I encourage you guys to take a listen to the SJW Comic Book Club. Uh, podcasts. You can follow them on Twitter. You can follow them on Instagram. Um, if you want to, you can you know link to my social media. I've I follow them there, and you can find them there. So really great podcast, really great host, um, really great subjects and content. I encourage you to listen. Uh, and I, you know I have some new friends um, that hopefully I'll be working with pretty soon. And it is uh, Marvel Mondays 616 podcast where they talk about all things Marvel Universe uh, 616, the 616 universe. And Buffy and Amber are, are the hosts over there. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool stuff. You know, I, you know, the fact that they specialize in the Marvel 616 um, is, is pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff that you can, um, a lot of different uh subjects and characters that they talk about and uh you know as we deal with the multiverse and and every in every comic uh right now is dealing with the multiversal aspect of realities 
And so, you know, we've got, uh, you know, stemming from WandaVision. And even before that, you've got, you know, Doctor Strange coming out in the multiverse of madness. There's speculation that um, you'll start to see those tie-ins now from uh, Sony and, and, and Fox. And um, you'll, maybe they'll be introducing the Fantastic Four and then X-Men. And so... Um, you know, take a listen to Buffy and Amber over at Marvel Mondays, uh, 616. And, you know, I can't wait, wait to work with them in the future. And finally, um, podcast that I'm listening to is um, not comic related, but, um, you know, it's last on the list, but number one in my heart. And it is the Renaissance Project, a black girls movement. And it is by the incredible uh, Chase Clark. And she is one of my oldest daughter's best friends and you know her parents Jamie and uh, Selena have done a fantastic job of raising her she is a fantastic beautiful young woman who is intelligent and um, she's doing great things in the community she runs a nonprofit called Chase's Chance and she supports a lot of organizations from police and fire to um, children's organizations to women's organizations um, she does a lot of great work so if you're out there and you want to donate uh, you can look up Chase's Chance on Facebook and you can look up you know Chase's Chance's uh, website but I encourage you to listen to the Renaissance Project uh, podcast like you know I, I listen to it and sometimes I'm embarrassed because I didn't have as much wisdom at 30 as this child does at 17 so um, you know if you have kids um you know, even if they're not, you know, children of, of color, even if they're not girls, um, you can get a lot from this podcast. And I'm you know, really proud that, uh, you know, she's, you know, like my, you know, bonus daughter, uh, daughter uh, bonus kid, the bonus daughter that, you know, uh, that I uh, have adopted into my family and um, really proud of her. So, um yeah, so those are some of the podcasts that I'm listening to. Um, SJW Comic Book Club, uh, The Renaissance Project, The Black Girls Movement, and Marvel Monday 616. And so I just wanted to, um, as we wrap up this episode, do something that I didn't ever think I'd be doing, which is responding to an email from someone who listens and subscribes to my podcast. And, you know, I put it out there on my outro. I think, and I said, hey, if you guys ask questions, I'll answer them. Uh, send them to superheropolitics at gmail.com. And I didn't think I was going to get one um, or any, but as a matter of fact, I did. Shocking. Uh, shock, shocked enough. Um, and so this, um, I'm going to, you know, just do one. And, um, you know, hopefully next season we'll get around to doing a few more. But uh, this is from <laughs> Red Hood Girl. Uh, the the I picked that one because I am a huge uh, Red Hood fan. Uh, I think of all the Bat family members, of all the Robins, um, I think Jason Todd has the most character development and um, has had the interest, the most interesting um, glow up. I should say the most interesting growth. And um, a question was, you know, pretty straightforward question. She was like, you know, how how did you decide to come up with the concept of superhero politics? And, you know, it was 
really um, out of having a conversation about former President Donald Trump, which won't be a subject, I guarantee you, in the new season coming up. And I was explaining about how, you know, I didn't, you know, it was right after the election in 2016. And um, I, I think it was, I was explaining to them how, you know, the, you know, we're we're in a kind of a comic book world, and how the uh, how Lex Luthor had um, become president, how he had you know convinced the world and become president of the United States, and it was funny because I had made the comment that you know you know Lex divested from LexCorp, and at that time. Trump had, and it may have been a little later than after the election, probably maybe a year, 2017, 2018. Um, and I was like, it's a, imagine, you know, being less ethical than a, you know, fictional supervillain, comic book supervillain. And so I think so, and, and they said to me, hey, man, that's pretty funny. You know, and I was like, yeah, 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 I got a million of them. It's, you know, comics are inherently political. They always have been. And... Uh, they was like, you know what, you should, you know, that'd be an interesting podcast, and so I did, and so here we are. Um, you know, took a little while to get around to it. Um, really, the idea of me doing a podcast took some getting used to, but you know, here we are. And so, um, I just want to thank you for your question, Red Hood Girl. And uh, um, if you're out there and you have questions uh, about superhero politics or politics or superheroes or Man, anything. Um, send them superhero politics at gmail.com and I will answer your questions. Folks, um, it has been a great first season. It has been a super, 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 super great uh, first season. I appreciate all of your uh, support and I promise to improve uh, in the future. You know, I'll get better at editing, I'll <laughs> edit out some of the sounds, some of you know the things that you hear in the background some of me that you hear uh in the background uh, i'll edit some of those i'll get better at that i'll get better at producing this 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 pro this product um you know because you guys have been so encouraging and been so supportive um over this last few months of me doing this um it's encouraged me to do to to take it and make it better uh i will never ever ever run out of content why? Because as long as there's, you know, comics, as long as there's politics, then superhero politics will be here. And I hope you guys continue to listen and share with your friends. Um, you know, it's it's informative. I believe it is. And it makes you think. And even if you don't know anything about comic books or even if you don't know anything about politics, I think you can see or understand the themes that, you know, that run alongside both of these genres. So um, thank you again so much. And um, as we close, I just want to thank you uh, and encourage you to continue to be heroes in your own right. You know, you don't have to save people from burning buildings or um, anything like that. But, you know, we're in a tough time in this country where the slightest little gesture can seem heroic. To someone in need you know love your neighbor protect your neighbor stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves 
you know, be the heroes that we need. In my little corner of the world, I'm going to try to do that. And I think if we all um, pick up the mantle and put on a cape every now and again, I think the world would be a better place. Guys, thank you uh, for a great first season. Um, continue to speak truth to power. And season one is in the books. And I'm about to get up, up, and away. This is Superhero Politics, and I'm your host, Michael Holmes. See you soon. What's going on, True Believers? Thank you for your continued and growing support. Uh, if you're enjoying the content that we're producing here on Superhero Politics, I ask that you subscribe anywhere that you can find podcasts. That means iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you can find us at Buzzsprout uh, and also on our social media at Superhero Politics on Twitter, at Superhero Politics on Facebook, Superhero Politics on Instagram, and Superhero Politics on TikTok. Um, like, share, join us, and if you would have any uh, topics that you would like to share or just questions that you would like to ask me, uh, you can send your emails to superheropolitics at gmail.com and uh, we'll do an episode where we answer your questions. Thank you for your continued support and remember, always speak truth to power.